0: Today on The Matt Wall Show, YouTube begins a major censorship campaign as the media finally discovers that there might be something to the whole Hunter Biden story. Of course, they make this discovery only after the election. Coincidentally, I'm sure. Also, five headlines, including a Michigan lawmaker making essentially death threats against Trump supporters. And Joe Biden announces his plans to make the military more diverse and inclusive. That'll help us if we end up in a war with China. And today, I must cancel, I'm afraid, the Cartoon Network. All of that and more coming up today. On the Matt Wall Show. You know, as we're all uh, online this, this, this holiday season, you know, you're buying gifts, you're putting a lot of your financial information out there. It's never been more important to focus on protecting your online data. Uh, new research from threat intelligence firms reveals that cyber criminal groups are increasingly using ransomware and changing their tactics, techniques, and procedures to widen the scope of their cyber attacks, which greatly expands their pool of victims. It's important just to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Uh, and this is just one of the ways, especially this holiday season, You know, where, like I said, you're, you're online, you're, you're putting your credit card information out there, you're uh, you know, giving more of your personal information maybe than you normally would. And, but the problem is, if you're just monitoring your credit, checking bank statements, there are a lot of identity threats that you're going to miss. That's why you need LifeLock, which is the leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number being for sale on the dark web. If you detect, if they detect your information uh, is used on the network, they will send you an alert. And here's the other thing. If you do become a victim of identity, threat, identity theft, rather, as so many millions of Americans have been, LifeLock can help restore your identity easier than, uh, than you'd be able to do on your own. You don't want to deal with something like that on your own without having uh, this network of support like LifeLock. So you've got to get LifeLock now. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you feel warm and protected this holiday season. And you can save up to 25% off your first year by going to LifeLock.com Walsh. That's LifeLock.com Walsh for 25% off. Well, two things happened yesterday to further reveal what we already knew about big tech and big media and how they conspire to censor and manipulate the public. The first was a major announcement from YouTube. The company announced it would be removing any videos that allege widespread voter fraud. You're not allowed to go on YouTube and express the opinion that the election was stolen. YouTube has made an editorial decision, which it would have every right to do if it was a publisher. Publishers make editorial decisions all the time. The Daily Wire publishes lots of content every day. It can decide what sort of content it wants to publish, what sort of opinions or viewpoints it wants to put out there, what sorts of opinions it doesn't want to put out there. Uh, The problem is that YouTube, just like Facebook and Twitter, claims to be a platform, not a publisher. It claims that it is merely hosting the content, merely providing a home for uh, people to post content. Its role is neutral, it says. That line has been clearly untenable for a while, but YouTube's announced decision yesterday completely blew their own previous rationalizations apart. Now listen to this statement from YouTube announcing the policy and tell me if it it doesn't sound exactly like a publisher explaining, you know, its editorial guidelines, essentially. Here's what it said. Quote, yesterday was the safe harbor deadline for the U.S. presidential election and enough states have certified their election results to determine a president-elect. Given that... We will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or any after that misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or error changed the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election in line with our approach towards historical U.S. presidential elections. For example, we will remove videos claiming that a presidential candidate won the election due to widespread software glitches or counting errors. We will begin enforcing this policy today and we'll ramp it up in the coming weeks. It doesn't matter what you think about the voter fraud question. The point is that some people have the opinion that the election was stolen, that there was fraud, et cetera. And if YouTube is a neutral platform, then they should be able to express that opinion on it. Yet it's not a neutral platform. And that is why you may have noticed YouTube has, for the past four years, played host to many, many videos alleging that Donald Trump stole the election in 2016, that he's not a legitimate president, that he's in cahoots with Russia, and so on. I mean, they said this is in line with their historical approach to presidential elections. Oh, Really? I went to YouTube before the show, searched searched for just like two seconds, and I found this video on YouTube. Watch.
1: I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did, and I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should, but, Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. And so I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day, and history will probably sort it all out. So, of course, he's obsessed with me, and I believe that it's a guilty conscience in so much as he has a conscience.
0: A corrupt human tornado. Right? If if Donald Trump is a corrupt human tornado, then Hillary Clinton is the whole damn hurricane. Uh, so that's, that's, and speaking of not having a conscience, but conscience, but... Um, that sounds, what you just heard there, sounds an an awful lot like Hillary Clinton alleging that Trump stole the election. If Trump is an illegitimate president, that would mean that he won the election by fraud of some kind. I mean, if he won the election legitimately, then he's a legitimate president. That's what Hillary Clinton is claiming here. Um, it's what she's claimed repeatedly over the past four years. It's what the media has claimed. The Democrats have claimed. And yet their videos remain up. Their posts have not been taken down. They're not censored. So always remember this, very few of the people currently wringing their hands about Trump undermining the integrity of our election by claiming fraud actually have the moral authority or credibility to be outraged about it. Almost all of them have been doing exactly the same thing relentlessly for years. And this is just one example of censorship and manipulation by big tech and big media to come out of yesterday. Here's the other. If you go to Google right now, type in the words Hunter Biden, an amazing thing will happen. Now, you recall that up until this moment, if you typed in Hunter Biden, you would would find mostly a bunch of articles from mainstream media sources telling us that all the stuff about Hunter Biden and Biden family corruption was a bunch of fake news. You find fact checkers debunking it, articles explaining why the whole thing is really nothing at all. And if you went to Twitter or Facebook, you'd find not much about Hunter Biden at all because most of the subjects... Uh, you know, where, where most of the, the uh, posts on that subject were taken down in the most massive and coordinated censorship campaign we'd ever seen up to that point. Now, YouTube is going to try to give it a run for its money, though. But now today, go to Google, type in Hunter Biden, and you get tons of headlines posted just today or last night saying stuff like this. Here are some examples. Federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden focuses on his business dealings in China. Justice Department's interests in Hunter Biden covered more than taxes. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, under federal investigation for tax case. Hunter Biden tax affairs under federal investigation. Links to China funds emerge, sources say. Hunter Biden tax probe examining Chinese business dealings. And on and on. Now, what happened? I'm old enough to remember four weeks ago when the Hunter Biden story was fake news. So fake that Twitter had to ban you if you talked about it. Now, here's what a CNN article, and they're one of the headlines I mentioned before, uh, but a CNN article published this morning. This is what they this is. This is their report. They say, quote, after going quiet in the months before the election, federal authorities are now actively investigating the business dealings of Hunter Biden, a person with knowledge of the probe said his father, President-elect Joe Biden, is not implicated. Now that the election is over, the investigation is entering a new phase. Federal prosecutors in Delaware working with the IRS Criminal Investigation Agency and the FBI are taking overt steps, such as issuing subpoenas and seeking interviews. Activity in the investigation had gone, had gone covert in recent months due to Justice Department guidelines prohibiting overt actions that could affect an election, the person said. It then goes on to say, quote, investigators have been examining multiple financial issues, including whether Hunter Biden and his associates violated tax and money laundering laws in business dealings in foreign countries, principally China, according to two people briefed on the probe. Oh, so in other words, the original report from The New York Post, which was banned on Twitter and condemned or ignored by outlets like CNN, was correct. The Justice Department just didn't want to confirm it because they didn't want to affect an election but they didn't want to affect it. How? With the truth? What they're telling us is that they were afraid the truth might influence our vote. So they decided not to tell us the truth. To me, that sounds an awful lot like affecting an election. If you're going to affect an election with the truth or not the truth, better to affect it with the truth. In fact, elections are supposed to be affected by the truth. Of course, With or without the Justice Department, though, the evidence of Hunter Biden's corruption was clear as day. The New York Post was trying to tell us about it. It's just that they were prevented from doing so. Sam Stein of the Daily Beast posted a link to an article today and writes, quote, evidence of a money laundering probe into Hunter Biden was apparent in the markings on a series of documents that were made public, but went largely unnoticed in the days leading up to the November election. Largely unnoticed, Sam? Huh. Why is that? You're in the news media. Isn't it your job to notice these things and make sure everyone else notices them? It's clear now, just as it was clear all along, that the Hunter Biden story is real, was always real. The Corruption in the Biden family goes deep. Um, But there was a conspiracy, yes, an actual conspiracy, to hide and cover up this information so as to ensure that Biden is elected. Now that the election is over, they'll, they'll let the floodgates open. No need to hold back the river now. They already got the guy they wanted. What the media and big tech have done here may not qualify as election fraud in the legal sense. And if it did, I I guess I wouldn't be allowed to say it without this show getting removed from YouTube. But this is certainly a form of meddling, of interfering, of undermining our election. And this is the form of election interference that will be, I think, our biggest obstacle in the future. Forget about rigging ballots. They don't need to rig the ballots if they can first rig the dissemination and spread of information. If they can manipulate the public into filling out the ballots how they want, that's all they need to do. And that's their game now. And our republic will suffer because of it. Now let's get to our five headlines. Yes, by the way, earlier you may have picked up on it. Um, As I was saying, Hunter Biden, I uh, I did slip up and accidentally call him Humper Biden. That did happen make of that what you will. Um, Let's go to number one. Michigan State Representative Cynthia Johnson has been stripped of her committee assignments for posting a video where she explicitly threatens violence against Trump supporters. Uh, Let's take a listen to that. Here it is.
1: So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. I love y'all. (laughs)
0: Bye-bye. I like the I love y'all, bye-bye at the end make them pay. Anyway, love you. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Um, now she did post a, a follow-up. Now that to me, I listen to that and sounds like she's calling on soldiers to make them pay. That being, they being Trump supporters, sounds like a call to violence to me. Um, and, and, but she did post a follow-up to that video where she tried to, I guess, clarify what she meant by soldiers. And uh, here's the clarification.
1: All you soldiers, soldiers of Christ, soldiers against racism, soldiers against misogyny, soldiers against domestic violence and domestic terrorism. Soldiers, rise. It's time for you to rise. Soldiers. Soldiers for Christ. Hmm. Soldiers against racism. Soldiers against misogyny. Soldiers for black and brown people who are being mistreated. Rise. Soldiers.
0: Soldiers against hate. Soldiers against arthritis. Soldiers against head lice. We're just going through all the bad things that we have. That's what she meant by soldiers. Um, So anyway, we could see from that video that uh, it's it's this does actually I think it does clarify things in that she's obviously insane. This is an insane person who's been, you know, I don't know how long she's been in the Michigan state legislature. I'm assuming she's probably been elected, you know, 15 times. um, And uh, but she's just completely out of her mind. And the the uh, penalty is that she loses her committee assignments. That's got to be nice. That's got to be nice that, you know, you can blatantly call for violence. And the worst thing that happens is you lose your committee assignments. Uh, no, I think that we, we need more than committee assignments taken away. Uh, this to me is she should go to jail for that. You're, you're not allowed to do that. That's not free speech. You can't you cannot openly explicitly uh, try to incite violence against the law, especially when you're elected leader. Somehow. So, yeah, there should be criminal pen- penalties that go beyond losing your committee assignments, it would seem to me. All right. Governor Cuomo. Uh doing his favorite thing yesterday, talking to the cameras, called for a public education campaign to battle the scourge of vaccine skepticism. Here he is.
2: First, we're going to have to have a real public education campaign to ba- battle the skepticism. Uh, just think of the math on this. You have to get to 75% to 85% of the overall population vaccinated for the vaccine to be effective. 75 to 85%. 50% of the population says right now, they don't want to take the vaccine. Uh, they don't trust the approval process. Uh, they're worried about vaccines in general. But 50% are now saying they don't want to take the vaccine. You cannot get to 75% if 50% don't take it. That's, even I can do that math. Uh, So we're going to need a real public education to dispel the skepticism that already exists. Okay,
0: so he wants to combat. He wants to battle the skepticism. Maybe he he can call up some of Cynthia Johnson's soldiers for that. Soldiers against skepticism. Um, But I I would suggest that if he wants to deal with skepticism, the first person he needs to talk to, the first skeptic, uh, the first vaccine skeptic, he needs to do battle with is himself. Here is Andrew Cuomo a few weeks ago sounding rather skeptical skeptical about the vaccine.
2: Listen. Fauci last night said that he trusts the experts at the FDA. How confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? Well, first uh, how confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. But my opinion doesn't matter. I don't believe the American people are that confident. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine. It was new. It was done quickly. But trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe. Uh, and um, we're not 100 percent sure of the consequences. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine. And they should be.
0: And they should be. And they should be. What an absolute fraud this guy is. <laughs> absolute. Oh, my goodness. Um, they, that was a few weeks ago before the election, the, 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 the the public should be skeptical. He says, and now he's saying, well, we got to do something about all the skepticism that I was just encouraging 15 seconds ago. Um, and what, what does he say in that clip? What, what does he say that the skepticism should be tied to? Like what are the reasons why people should be skeptical? He said, because it's, 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 uh, it's being rushed. That's his words being rushed the vaccines coming out so quickly reason to be skeptical about that according to him and he also says that we should um, our trust of the vaccine should hinge in large part on how much we trust the federal administration okay and he trusts the Biden administration he doesn't trust trust Trump but there's going to be 50% of the population at least who doesn't trust the Biden administration And he's the one who said, you know, our trust for the vaccine should uh, should be hinged on that. Now, speaking of vaccines, I don't know if this will get me labeled in the skeptic camp or not, but I did want to report since we're on the subject. And this seems important to me from the Daily Mail. This is what they're reporting four people who got Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine in the firm's trial developed Bell's Bell's palsy, a form of temporary facial paralysis, according to U.S. regulators uh, who gave their report on the shot. FDA regulators said there wasn't any clear way that the vaccine caused Bell's palsy, but warned that doctors should watch for the alarming side effects and Pfizer should continue to keep tabs on how many people it strikes. No one knows what exactly causes Bell's palsy, which uh, resolves on its own most of the time. Well, there's just information I'm, I'm putting out there. Um, and this is why, as, as I've said all along, My my own approach or my view of the coronavirus vaccine is read the information on it. Look at all the information, good and bad. um, Make a judgment based on that. Also make a judgment based on whether you're in a a, a demographic where you feel like you need the vaccine. That's my that's my view on it. If that means that 85 percent of people get it fine, if that means 50 percent do fine, people should be able to do what they want. And this is, by the way, been my view of vaccines all along in general. I'm often asked, you know, what, what is, what's your position on vaccines? How do you feel about vaccines? I don't have a position on vaccines. It's kind of like asking me, um, what, what, what's your position on drugs, on prescription drugs? Well, I don't like all of them. I'm not against all of them either. If you need a prescription drug and it's prescribed by a doctor who you trust and you really do need it and you've you know you've done the research on it, then take it. Don't take it too much. Don't take any any old drug that someone mentions to you. Uh, I feel the same way about vaccine. I'm not dogmatic about it. And that's how I think we should approach this. All right, let's, um, we'll stay on the COVID topic here. Joe Biden, again, revealing his uh, masking plan. And he's already talked a little bit about this, but here he lays it out uh, with a little bit more detail. Uh, This is Joe Biden explaining his masking plan. Here it is. Watch.
3: My first 100 days is going to require, I'm going to ask for a masking plan. Everyone for the first 100 days of my administration to wear a mask. It will start with my signing an order on day one to require masks where I can under the law, like federal buildings, interstate travel on planes, trains and buses. I'll also be working with the governors and mayors to do the same in their states and their cities. We're going to require masks wherever possible.
0: Okay, so there you go. 100 days. That's his 100-day masking plan. Uh, I'll I'll say two things about it. Number one, I look forward to ignoring it. Uh, I I, I don't care what the president's... I appreciate him sharing his opinion on whether I should be wearing a mask. Doesn't really matter to me, though. Um, he He can give me his opinion. But I don't respect the president's authority to tell me what I should be wearing on my face. I just don't. So I, I look forward to, uh, to you know, listening to his ideas on that subject and uh, probably ignoring them personally. But why 100 days? You know, 100 days of masking. Why, why that? Why 100 days? We asked this before. Why not 105 days? Why not 90 days? Why not 75? Why not a thousand? Where do you come up with hundred? And we know that there have been a lot of just arbitrary numbers that have been pulled out. We all remember 15 days to slow the spread, which was really six months or seven or eight months, or whatever, however, however many, uh, however long it's been at this point. But I think probably with 100 days, it's, it's not entirely arbitrary. There is, there is a strategy behind it. You think about 100 days from the inauguration, where does that get us? It gets us to what, like May, right? Gets us into the spring. And we know that the coronavirus is seasonal, that it ebbs and flows with the seasons. We've got a surge right now. It's within the cold temperatures. It was uh, it it dipped during the, uh, the, the spring and summer. So the way he's got this set up is that 100 days of masking at the end of that 100 days, there is going to be a dip, a sizable dip in coronavirus cases because of the season. And we know that for sure. But well, he's, he's set it up so that when that comes seasonally, he can say, you see, my 100-day plan save lives, even though there's no reason to think it will have anything to do with his 100-day plan. So I think that's part of the strategy here, if I'm not giving him too much credit for being for being clever, at least, if not also dishonest. Number four, a report from The New Yorker says, several sources inside the Senate say Dianne Feinstein, who's 87 struggles to remember briefings just after they take place and that her cognitive decline has been evident for several years. So, well, uh, you know, n- no big deal, just a high-ranking senator in cognitive decline, 87 years old. I read this and, I, and I, I just think, what? It is crazy that we allow someone at the age of 87 to hold elected office in any capacity, let alone at that high, uh, high of a level. 87 years old? Do you know after 85, um I think it's over 30% of people after the age of 85 develop, develop Alzheimer's. 30%. So if you look at any average 87-year-old, there's around a 30% chance that they have Alzheimer's. That's, that's nothing against older people. It's not an insult. It's just that this is where we're all headed. Because we are mortal beings and we're not gonna live forever. And when you get to be in your 80s, you are towards the end of your life. And on average, the end of your life is going to come up pretty shortly. That's, what, that's the situation we all are in. But there are just certain realities of being an older person. This is one of them. That you start to lose your mental and physical capacities. That will happen to everyone if you don't die before. Those are the two options. Um, it's You know, that's what it is. L- live long enough to lose your mind or die before that happens. Those are sort of like the two options we have as people. It's not great. It's pretty depressing, but that's, there it is. And yet we let people who are in this like red zone where where, where, where lots of them are going to start losing their minds. We let them run for office. It's crazy to me. This is why I'm always, you know, we talk about term limits. Um, I, I think term limits are a good idea, but also age limits. There should be an age limit. Forget about term limits, age limits. How about this? This this to me seems seems reasonable. Seventy five is the cutoff. After seventy five, you cannot run for any federal office. So right, and if we're talking about the presidency, thirty five is 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 when you can start to run. So that gives you forty years, thirty five to seventy five. That's forty solid years to run. I think that's enough. I think that's enough of an allotment. If you can't do it in forty years, that it wasn't for you. Uh, the same goes for the Senate Congress. I just, um, this, there is no good reason to have people in their eighties in public office. I, I don't see any good reason for it. Um, five, finally, Joe Biden has nominated Lloyd Austin as defense secretary. And here he is explaining his, uh, reasoning behind it. Listen,
3: helping inform our efforts to ensure that our armed forces reflect the full strength and diversity of our nation, that Black, Latino, Asian American, Native American, women, men, LGBT service members are treated with dignity and respect. You know, at a time when more than 40% of our act, more than, listen this, more than 40% of our active duty forces are people of color. It's long past time that the department's leadership reflects that diversity why why should it reflect that diversity
0: who cares who cares about the the skin pigmentation of of people who are leading the military or leading the the Department of Defense and in in line with this the uh, US Special Operations Command has a Twitter account and they tweeted today um, sort of lining up with uh, with Biden's Priorities here. They said diversity and inclusion require action. It requires decisions and it requires leaders that must put themselves out there and must make purposeful decisions. This is uh, quoting from General Richard Clark, uh, commander, and he's speaking at some sort of conference. And then it ends with diversity strengthens. Does it, though? How does diversity strengthen the military? My view is uh, the people who run the military... People in, uh, in commanding positions should just be the people who are best for the job. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what's, what their skin color is. Um, who cares? And it, it really does trouble me. I think it should trouble all of us and scare all of us when we get this kind of woke SJW nonsense from the military. We get it everywhere else in in society. but we get it from the military, that's a problem. Because it seems to me that right now, with the people running the military, our military, the American military, uh, their focus is on diversity, inclusion, tolerance. While elsewhere in the world, like say probably in China, uh, they're focused on making sure their military is a killing machine, an efficient, thorough killing machine. And that concerns me about our prospects the next time we're in a war with a real superpower, like, say, China. Does anyone feel good about that? I mean, when, when you when you go out onto the battlefield against a, a, a superpower, how does your tolerance and inclusion help you? Does it matter at all? Are we hoping the enemy will just be, like, impressed with it and they'll throw down their arms and give up, surrender? I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so, but that's uh, we've got we've got Biden now has four years to uh, to to further uh, really speed up this process of making the military more resemble, say, uh, you know, a gender studies class. A little concerned about that before we get our da- to our daily cancellation today. You know, there's there's there's, there's there are a few things more important to your general health and well-being and happiness in life than getting a good night's sleep. Um, I could tell you for, for, for us especially that we've got four kids. And if you're a parent with young kids, you've had a baby or something, you know that you don't get to sleep a lot. So you've got to make use of the time. In fact, my kids, my, my, my two boys, uh, we moved to Tennessee and we moved an hour back. You know, we, we moved into a, just an hour back um, because, uh, because we're in a different time zone now. My boys somehow still have not adjusted to that change. So they're getting up at like before dawn every single morning. And that's why, again, just when I'm sleeping, I've got to make, I've got to really sleep, because I got to get that sleep time in. And that's why I'm so glad that I have my pillow. Uh, my pillow is just everything about my pillow. All of their products are amazing, uh, and they're, they're act the actual pillows themselves, the famous pillows, they never go flat. Um, you can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape, and best of all, they're made in the USA. And also, best of all, they're just super comfortable and they will help you sleep. If you don't have a my pillow or know someone who doesn't doesn't doesn't, now is the time because of a limited time offer. Mike is offering his premium my pillows, yes, the ones that started it all, um, for his lowest price ever. You can also get a queen size premium my pillow regularly. It's gonna be $69.98. Right now you can get it for only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Now is the time to buy. We're getting into the holiday season. This is also a great gift. If you're looking for someone, uh, you know, everyone would love a MyPillow as a gift. So, again, that's uh, $40 off on the MyPillow, um, $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. You can buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. you got to take advantage of this. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listeners Square. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel, towel sets, all of that. Or you can call 800-651-1148 and use promo code DAILYWIRE. Also, uh, should mention, speaking of uh, the Daily Wire... Now is the time to become a Daily Wire member. If you do, you can take advantage of uh, and you can get one of these coveted leftist tears tumblers. We've got the new, the new and improved model. Um, still does basically the same thing, but it looks a lot nicer. And uh, on top of that, a lot of great content as well. The Michael Knowles Show is now five days a week. We're adding more content for members to enjoy. We've added the entire PragerU catalog to dailywire.com. Uh, The the entire catalog will be there by the end of the year, but already you can get PragerU's five minute videos. You can get the Candace Owens show from PragerU. Candace Owens also will be joining the the Daily Wire soon, having a live studio audience. Um, We've got all kinds of stuff coming up and that's why you want to go to dailywire.com slash subscribe now. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. So today we're going to cancel the Cartoon Network. You know, Some of you young kids don't remember this and probably can't imagine it, but there was a time when the Cartoon Network was a network that aired cartoons. This was back in the days when music television had music, the History Channel had history, VH1 mostly played Matchbox 20 videos, and you could watch all these things while sitting in your beanbag chair, in your Jinko shorts, sipping on High C or Sunny D. Those were the days. Now, though, everything in pop culture, just like everything in the broader culture, must be dedicated first and foremost to preaching dogma, even the military, as we just discussed. It's all televangelism now, all the time, everywhere. And the religion being preached, of course, most of the time is leftism. Cartoons are no exception to this. If anything, cartoons have become especially preaching. It hasn't happened yet, but it seems only a matter of time until Mickey Mouse comes out as a non-binary, genderqueer, pansexual, releases a PSA to tell us about it. But in the meantime, we have the cast over at the Cartoon Network bearing the crown as the most woke members of the animated community. The latest is an anti-racist PSA posted to the Cartoon Network's social media channels featuring something or someone called the Crystal Gems or Crystal Gem. I'm not sure what or who that is, but it doesn't matter. Here's the PSA, which, by the way, has been shared 25,000 times on Twitter alone. Here it is.
4: Right, class. Can anyone tell me who invented the light bulb? Thomas Edison. That's not entirely true. The light bulb could more rightfully be attributed to Lewis Latimer, the black inventor behind the filament inside the bulb. His invention made light bulbs affordable and efficient enough for the general public, bringing electric light into households around the world. Well. So, so now, now you, know. you know. Wait. Is that it? Hold on. We're not going to mention why he invented the filament? To create a better standard of living for people who had only just been freed from slavery? Are we going to ask why kids are apparently learning about Thomas Edison? Thomas Edison! and not learning about Lewis Latimer. These textbooks are incomplete. There were black Roman warriors, black medieval knights, black classical musicians, black cowboys, black fighter pilots. Uh, Where are they? I worry about you humans because you only live, what, about 100 years? You rely on these stories to know your own history. Thanks to systemic racism, most of your storytellers prioritize white accomplishments, which leaves you with an incomplete picture. Ask yourself as your learning history. Who's telling the story? Was this modified to make white readers comfortable? Are major details being left out that would credit people of color and center their point of view? Honestly, I should have asked for script approval before agreeing to do this. We'll do some rewrites. I'm sorry, we didn't know. Well, so now you know. I swear.
0: Sure, okay. Prioritizing white accomplishments. Yeah, I, I remember that in school. That was always my favorite, uh, my favorite subject, white accomplishments. That was the subject they used to teach us in school. Um, you know, it was, it, was a whole, it was a whole subject. It was a whole uh, chapter in the, in the history books, the white accomplishment chapter. But there you go. And now we know um, where Joe Biden got this.
2: We got a, for example, why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Okay? There's so much. Did anybody know before what's recently happened? That Black Wall Street in Oklahoma was burned to the ground? Anybody know these things? We act because we don't teach them. We got to give people facts. Teach them what's out
0: there. I don't understand the whisper. Why is he whispering, first of all? It's not like he just completed a marathon. Um, But a black guy invented the the light bulb, not Thomas Edison. He says there, Joe Biden, this is why you can't let grandpa watch too many cartoons. He's very easily influenced these days. Let's just make sure he doesn't start watching Scooby-Doo or else he'll want to defund the police and replace them with four high schoolers and a dog in a van. By the way, that Cartoon Network video links to an anti-racism website, which says at the top, Cartoon Network stands behind anti-racism as part of our commitment to fostering inclusion and equity. Then it gives a link to some resources, if we need them, uh, first of which is something called the National Black Justice Coalition, which we're told is, quote, a civil rights organization dedicated to the empowerment of black, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and same-gender loving people, including people with HIV AIDS. So I want you to make sure you update your woke verbiage glossary here. Uh, It is same gender loving now, not same sex loving. The new acronym is, it says, LGBTQ slash SGL. We're now adding slashes to the abbreviation. There's also a plus sign usually, right? LGBTQ plus. We just need to add some parentheses, multiplication, exponents. Pretty soon the, the thing turns into a math equation. Instead of just saying gay people, you have to do calculus. But what about the claim being made here? We're told that it's not entirely true that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb because the invention could more rightfully be attributed to a black inventor named Louis Latimer. That presumably is the black guy that Joe Biden mentioned, though you never know with him. He could have been referring to, I don't know, Tupac for all we know, confused as he tends to be these days. Either way, this is all nonsense. And you don't need to check Wikipedia to know that it's nonsense. You heard it from the cartoon lady in the video. She rightly points out that Latimer innovated a filament for the bulb. He didn't invent the filament, as is stated. He wasn't the first to come up with a filament, but he he did come up with a better, longer-lasting filament. An important contribution, no doubt. But that does not equate to inventing the light bulb. I could invent a more durable tire or a more reliable braking system for your car, but there's no way that I can ever invent your car. The car was already invented. That's been done. As for the actual inventor of the light bulb, you know, there's a debate that could be had about that. Edison deserves most of the credit he gets, I think. Joseph Swan, an English scientist, also developed an incandescent bulb independently. Joseph Swan, though, was white. The fact is, this is just a fact. Many of the most important inventions in modern society were given to us by white people. Usually men. Not all, but a great many. That's not a racist statement. It's just a fact. It's also not something to be ashamed of or embarrassed or competitive about. May I suggest a different approach and attitude, actually? How about gratitude? You know, the evil white man gets blamed for quite a lot, especially historically. Can we not also be grateful for the amazing achievements of white men? Why don't you say thank you to Thomas Edison instead of trying to figure out a way to posthumously steal his invention from him and give it to somebody else? But we live in such irrational times that I will no doubt be accused of racism for saying that we should be grateful for the many wonderful and essential achievements of white men through history. Media Matters is this moment, I'm sure, furiously typing up an article about it. Yet if I said we should be grateful for the achievements of women, or Native Americans, or Pacific Islanders, or Jamaicans, or literally any other group at all, nobody would even consider calling it racist or treating it as controversial. There is just one group, only one group, that we are not allowed to say anything positive about ever. And that's ridiculous. And it's a game that I'm just not going to play. Yes, white men did many great important things. Your life is better today because of white men. And you should be grateful. to white men. That's what I said. I'll keep saying it. And I will laugh at your outrage and treat it with the contempt it deserves. You know, it's one thing to tear down the statues and take the names off of buildings as we discussed yesterday, that's bad enough. But we're now entering a phase where the history books are rewritten, the record is altered in service to a narrative that demands that white men are only evil and have never contributed anything but bigotry and hate to society. Before long, you know, they won't just be taking Jefferson's name off of schools. They're also going to pretend he didn't write the Declaration of Independence. I wonder who will get the credit for that in our revised account of history. Frederick Douglass, maybe. He was born about 40 years too late, but why should that matter? The truth doesn't matter at all. All that matters is the narrative, which is informed by ideology, not fact. And for that reason, Cartoon Network is canceled. So we've canceled cartoons. We've canceled Santa this week. It's been a rough week, especially for all of our childhoods. But uh, I do what I have to do. The decision is not mine. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring, Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager Pavel Vodowski. The show is edited by Danny D'Amico. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And production assistant McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall show is a Daily Wire production, Copyright Daily Wire 2020. YouTube bans any conservative questioning of the 2020 election process. 17 states joined Texas in suing states where irregularities occurred and a Michigan Democratic representative threatens the lives of Trump supporters. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.